Um, hey guys, what is up? It's episode 133. No intro. No fucks given. I'm jump I'm jumping straight in this time. Let's uh let's do this. There's uh there's loads going on and look, I don't have the time to sit here and tell you to all join the patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson. Uh you know what I'm gonna say. I know what I'm gonna say with all that stuff, so let's just this time, let's just skip past. Let's get to some news and shit. Uh, what's going on? Christmas is almost here. I mean, it is already Christmas, if you believe my son. But he is six years old and has the cognitive ability of an Alzheimer's patient. So, uh, you know, he's he's not fully... I mean, that, that that is not a slight on Alzheimer's patience obviously before we get <laughs> uh lambasted for being insensitive or whatever that is very much a slight on my firstborn son my beloved cherished firstborn child uh who is you know forgetful and erratic and he has trouble managing simple calculations and decision making my my son is suffering from dementia basically i think <laughs> And so anyway, he thinks it's Christmas on, like, the 5th of December. He thinks it's already started. Like, Christmas for me, Christmas starts on the 15th, I think. Like, if you're one of these people who jumps right into Christmas on the 1st of December, just because it's the same month. Like, how sad is the rest of your life that when it gets to December the 1st, you're like, oh, thank God. Oh, it's amazing. We're here. We've made it, guys. We've arrived. It's a time of great celebration and happiness. Like, is that you? Do you do that? Like the clock strikes midnight on November the 30th and you're just instantly draped in tinsel and fairy lights, running towards Christmas like a runaway freight train, but running away from the other 11 sad months of your year. Like, I mean, at least my son has an excuse, right? He is six. He's a child. But for some people out there, it's just, you know, it is borderline dementia. It really is. It's like, you know, December the 1st and you think that's that's Christmas. That is not Christmas. Just because it's the same month. Like, like my mum's birthday is the 21st of August. The 21st of August. But when it gets to the 1st of August, she doesn't go... Oh, it's, it's my birthday month time, does she? Because that would be insane. And because for most aspects of her life and personality, she is a relatively sane woman. Most aspects of her life. Anyway, what's going on, man? Let's get into it. There's, there's a bunch of stuff in the news, as per usual. None of it cost of living based. You'll be pleased to hear that's that has disappeared. They must have solved it, I guess. You know, terrifying news coverage of it before. Now it's disappeared down to page seven behind the World Cup and Wills and Kate and a bunch of other stuff. So I guess they must have fixed it. You'll be delighted to hear. I, I, I've been ranting about this on Twitter and TikTok the last few days. Like, it's insane how mortgages and rents and bills aren't on the front page of every fucking newspaper every day at the moment. Like, this is serious shit. 
and it's just nowhere. Like, our mortgage is going to double soon. It's going to go from a grand a month to two grand. That's some real-life shit. I'm supposed to find an extra 900 quid a month from fucking nowhere because the interest rates had to go up. Why did... Wait, wait... Why, why did the interest rates go up again? Well, because inflation is high. And that's what they do when inflation is high. They raise interest rates. Except, here's a, here's a bit of economic theory for you, or at least my understanding of it. Traditionally, when they raise interest rates, it's to make your rent and mortgage so expensive that you don't have the money to spend on other products and services. So the suppliers of those services then have to lower their prices. And so then in theory, things start to get cheaper right and in inflation then kind of comes down that's that that is the theory as i understand it but what happens when the inflation is coming directly from the international wholesale gas markets you know what happens when it's coming from a shortage of national uh natural gas when it stems from russia invading ukraine and getting sanctioned to fuck on their own gas exports. Like, does, do you think raising interest rates domestically then magically brings down the cost of natural gas on the international energy markets, does it? No, no, it doesn't. So, so all we're doing by raising interest rates is forcing homeowners into financial misery and bankruptcy and forcing renters into doubled rent. But still, like clockwork as soon as soon as there's a report out like and uh, inflation figures have now reached 11.1 percent oh well better better raise the interest rates again lads i mean it, it didn't work the last six times but i've got a good fit lucky number seven like people people are gonna get carpet bombed with this fiscal fuckery and what is on the front pages of every newspaper What's on the front pages today? It's like the sun. Footballer flies home because of burglary. I'm like, oh, fucking wow. What a scoop. From the people's paper. Footballer flies home because of burglary. I'm like, oh, he, he has a home. Does he? He has a home. What a novel and very temporary concept that is these days. And it, and it was a burglary, you say. He was burgled. What, did, they, did they steal his home? Did they take his home away from him? No? Oh, oh what was it? Just, it was, oh, okay, yeah, it was a few, a few necklaces and a nice watch. Okay, well then, maybe, maybe here's what we do. Maybe we just turn a blind eye to the millionaire footballer who's very sadly lost a fucking watch like i don't care i mean like i'm sad for him having to experience the um you know the emotional trauma of knowing that a bad person broke into his personal space like he might genuinely feel anguish at that at having a bad guy you know an, an intruder break inside his house and rummage through his shit and take a couple of heirlooms. I'm sorry he has to go through that. But you know, maybe, maybe the guy that robbed him just had his rent double. Can we can we pan out a little bit and contextualize this shit? Maybe we maybe we just recalibrate what is a front page story here 
for a minute. Can we do that? Because I'll tell you what, right? A word to the wise. Some advice, if I might be so bold, for the editorial team of The Sun. If poor people breaking into rich people's houses and stealing shit is a page one story in the middle of a cost of living crisis, fucking strap in. Because once this wave crashes down, once people's rent doubles and there's evictions and families of four are forced to share a hostile dorm room with some spiced out lunatic in what's left of the social services safety net, once that shit actually crashes down, there is going to be no shortage of stories about desperate people breaking into rich people's houses. It is going to be a golden age of this type of page one story. Like, is that not quite amazing? You know, that five or 10 million people could end up destitute because of the decisions of the Conservative government, right? And yet the front page story is millionaire gets burgled. You know, like you couldn't ask for a better example of the class dynamic in the United Kingdom than a broken country with millions of regular people staring down the barrel and the page one slash of uh, splash even of the people's paper. The sun is that a millionaire is having his house very temporarily broken into. Like, can you think of a clearer example of our fucked up class and media dynamic than that shit? Like, regular people lose their homes? Yeah, doesn't feel like a page one thing, to be honest with you. Millionaire has his home broken into for a bit. Oh, my God, people need to know this shit. I don't know, man. Do you think... Do you think the son might want a quote from me when the bank come to repossess us? Do you think they, you think they might be interested... In my story, then, when the bank come wrapping their knuckles on our front door, like, knock, knock, it's the bank, motherfucker. Time's up. Pack up your kids and get the fuck out. <laughs> I, like, phone up the sun. I'll be like, yeah, um, is, uh, is that Harry Cole? Um, no, 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 um, uh, Harry's eating right now. Um, who's, who's this? Oh, my name, um, my name's Aid. I don't think you know me. I'm just a regular guy from Hampshire. But do I have a story for you? All right. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Right. Okay. So these guys turned up at my house right a minute ago, and they stormed in. They invaded, if you will, my house, and started taking my valuables and shit. It was cr. All right. Um. And, and like, but what, what were they? Were, were they Albanians? Um, or are you a millionaire footballer? Or no, no, no. I'm, I'm just a, I'm just a regular guy. Anyway, look, here's, here's the scoop, right? Because the Conservative Party didn't want to put a proper price cap in, inflation soared, so did interest rates. I couldn't afford my house anymore, and now a private security firm have just evicted us. Oh, um, right. Yeah, it's pretty bad, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it, uh, it doesn't sound, um... Wait, is that... What is that in the background? Is that... Is that your son singing Jingle Bells? It's fucking August. Yeah, I, I know. I Just ignore him, it, please. 
Well, look, I'm I'm sorry that you had your your, your house repossessed. Um, but honestly, like that sounds like fiscal irresponsibility on your part, to be honest. Like that is how they would see it, isn't it? Like through no fault of my own, this economic freefall that we're all about to envelope into is going to render us homeless. And yet they will market it back to me as though this is all somehow my fiscal irresponsibility. That is how they will see it. Like if the it's it's fucking wild, man. Like it's if if the Tories need some money to pay, like Pretty Patel's bullying case fees and settlement. Do you remember that shit? If they need money to pay that settlement, to pay their fees, they take it out of the coffers. <laughs> like whilst we're on the subject of fiscal irresponsibility, right? Their fuck up, we pay for it out of the literal home office money that should be spent on policing and security and shit. They just take that shit out of the current account and settle a case with it. Fiscal responsibility. But if you need some help because of a situation that they brought about with their fucking fiscal Tom Country, like this mortgage and rent situation, like it's their fuck up, you need some help. You're like, yeah, can I just get a hand with this? Then it's like, uh, it's called taking responsibility, eh? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Taking responsibility for your fuck-up? Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, it is still technically taking responsibility. Like, this is the thing, man. Like, once, once you're through the looking glass of this stuff, there is no turning back, is there? It's that whole sort of, you know, the emperor is wearing no clothes idea. Once you see these guys for what they are, it's like, how does anyone take you seriously? Once you see the Tories for what they are, which is a, a cheap, parodic clown card, an admin team to implement the policies of billionaires. That is what they are. That is all they are. That admin team, who then hide behind self-responsibility whenever they're asked to help anyone, you know? Whenever someone says, hey, like, you, you're the government, right? Could you, maybe, um, could you maybe govern the country and provide a support package to help, you know, I don't know, single mums get back to their careers? Uh, it's called self-responsibility. Oh, okay, well, great. How, how about you adequately fund schools... So they don't have to keep asking parents to chip in for bog roll. Well, I think these academies need to take responsibility for their own finance. It's like, you know, that is it. That is the line that they always wheel out. Whenever they're asked to do something that might actually help the people who elected them. And yet, then in their own lives, their own finances and the the public's finances, do they ever themselves take responsibility? So you, uh, you, you hired a bully, did you? You hired a bully into the home office. You, you, you're going to take responsibility for that, are you? No, no, no. I um, Actually, I consider the matter closed. <laughs> like, are you fucking joking? 
So, so the mortgage interest rates uh, soared because you wouldn't put a price cap in. Are you, you going to take responsibility for that? Maybe help some of us out? No, 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 no. Your mortgage, your problem. Like, it's just fucking insane. It's like jacking someone up on pure fentanyl. And then instead of calling them an ambulance, you're like, well, it's not my fault if you can't keep your heart beating, is it? <laughs> it's just like, how is that my problem? Your heart, your problem. It's called taking responsibility. I don't know, man. The biggest story out there, right? Every front page, every six o'clock evening news bulletin right now, until they resolve it, should be that energy, rents, mortgages, you know, are out of control and people are going to need help. It should be the headline fucking story every day. Government incompetence is going to leave a lot of people homeless by this time next year. Your friend, your colleague, your sister, people who you never thought could end up homeless are going to get evicted and ejected into a social care safety net that has been slashed threadbare already and is in no position to cope. Like there's already no social housing. There's already families living in hostels and, and fucking... Asylum seekers put up in travel lodges because there's nowhere to put them. So what exactly is the plan for dealing with this when homelessness doubles? As it was projected to do so. And look, when they projected the doubling of homelessness, those figures were before the gas and electric hikes. <laughs> so it's not even factoring in the rent and the mortgage stuff. So what is the plan for this? Where is the help? Why is no one pushing the banks to take a bit of a hit on it? On the core interest rate hikes? What do we have instead on the front pages? England expects, or, you know, England versus this thing, and this footballer got burgled, and Harry says this, and... And look, man, I, I don't want to totally expose my own economic ignorance here, right? But I don't. Like, maybe if someone's listening who is an economist or a graduate of economics or, or whatever, maybe, maybe you can correct me, right? But it seems to me like between, you know, the gas hikes causing inflation and then inflation causing interest rate hikes and then Truss's mini budget sending the bond market tanking, right? The Bank of England then had to buy bonds to stop them tanking. There was that panic buying of, you know, 20 billion or something. But that money that they used has to be accounted for to settle the markets, to keep confidence in the markets. And so then interest rates had to go up there too, because if they make more money from like making mortgages, like lending to high street banks, if they make that more expensive for high street banks to borrow money from the Bank of England, then that's then more money coming back into the Bank of England, into the Treasury, like because they've made it more expensive. Right. Have I got that right? I think that's that kind of makes sense to me. If if indeed that is how economics works, I don't know. But here's the thing. If that is the setup, like banks borrow off the Bank of England 
And so if the Bank of England make it more expensive to do that, then banks themselves, high street banks, have to then pay more, which is more profitable for the Bank of England. Like if that, if I've understood that correctly, then if if banks make billions in profit, right? Like billion after billion from a range of services, right? We're not just talking mortgages. There's, you know, casino banking, invest, you know, investment banking, right? Uh, mortgages as financial services, advisory stuff. There's pensions, there's brokerages and insurance. Like none of them are just a bank anymore, right? They're all a fucking, you know, pick and mix of financial instruments and uh, asset classes. Now, if they make, as Santander did, right, seven billion in profit or Barclays I think is on course for like four billion in profit <laughs> or RBS you might think oh RBS's name is mud RBS is in in the can like as they were you know hauled over the coals in the financial crash in 2008 and stuff RBS is on course to make four billion pounds in profit so can't we just say to the banks, mindful of this, right? Mindful that it's more expensive for them to borrow money from the Bank of England. But can't we just say to them, guys, you are billions in the black, right? You're doing okay. But if people go under, if people lose their homes, if the rental sector soars outside of affordability, then buy to let mortgages will crash. Everything is going to get fucking doomsday, like pretty quick, guys. If we don't sort this out, things are going to get bad for banks. Banks will fold. Like, unless, hear me out, guys, hear me out. Unless you take some of the pain. Like, can you take some of this on the chin? You've got four billion profit coming in. Could you just sideline half a billion, please? And just, you know, cushion the blow a bit. Some sort of mortgage price cap. Some sort of meaningful windfall tax. I would rather a mortgage price cap because it's just clearer. You know, if they if they bring in via a windfall tax, this, I don't know where that money goes. I don't know how you apply to have that money to support you with your mortgage. A price cap feels more like, yes, OK, cool. I know where I am now. You know, like maybe, listen, listen, guys, listen, banks in this imaginary meeting that I'm having with them. Maybe instead of this guy's mortgage doubling, we just let it go up by, you know, like 25% a month. And then you take a hit on it a little bit. And then maybe the government take a little bit, you know. But it's so wild, isn't it? Because it's like that would never fucking happen. Banks would never voluntarily do the right thing like that, would they? Because if, like, you know, if, God forbid, you you did have, a, like, a CEO of a bank that wasn't a sociopath, like, can you imagine that shit? If you had a CEO that, that had some empathy, who decided to take the hit, you know, in the interest of protecting the general consumer... The shareholders would just be like, well, hang on a second. Like, I, I thought I was on course for a £120,000 dividend. Now it's gone down to forty, And for what? Like, why has my dividend gone down? <laughs> so some guy I've never met 
gets to keep his family home. No, fuck him. I don't owe him a home. I want my dividend. I was going to buy my son a hugely impractical Range Rover to drive erratically around Chelsea in. Where the fuck is my dividend? Who even is this CEO? Who says no to profit? Who deliberately tries to take money out of the business? Man, fuck, fuck this. We have to get rid of him. Where's, where's the voting card at my annual shareholders meeting? Boom, you're fucking toast. Gonzo. Have fun on your fucking bleeding heart speakers circuit. Round here, we want a true blue sociopath who gets results. Like, that is what would happen. You'd have a CEO saying like, well, you know, these are tough decisions to make. And, um, you know, broadly speaking, we need to protect the consumer. And before they even get to the end of the sentence, the shareholders would be like, no, go fuck yourself. Get out. <laughs> like... But the mere thought of being a bit compassionate, of doing the right thing, doing the logical thing, like taking a bit of a hit short term, to stabilize the economy so that you don't the bank doesn't fucking keel over in the buy to let and you know consumer market crash that's probably going to happen all of that shit is out the window because i i i, I want my dividend oh, i just want my dividend anyway what else is going on man let's have a look Oh, yeah, I saw the Express this morning. I saw the Express pulled out the um, the army from their hack headline tombola again. Army drafted in to fix X, Y, or Z. Is it like it is wheeled out almost as often as, uh, well, fuck, what's the other one? It's, um, oh, yeah, like when they say, <laughs> you see this a lot. If you read the news a lot, you would have seen this. It's when they structure a headline like this. They go, Prime Minister to take personal charge of, you know, whatever this week's failing department is. Prime Minister Theresa May to take personal charge of blah, blah, blah. Prime Minister Sunak will take personal control of blah, blah, blah. And the reason they do this, the reason they keep wheeling out these same lines, right, is, is because these are headlines that have been triaged and focus group to fuck aren't they like they pay a bunch of people who are representative of the electorate to sit in a room and they show them like cards and headline styles and different structures of headlines and, and whatever and they say well you know how would you feel about this particular box next to that one if you like that you know like it'll be some old lady in a rented office space and she'll, you know, she would have turned up to get paid £15 for her views on headlines and messaging. And it, like she would have filled out a questionnaire and it will have questions like, which of these statements would you say instills your greatest confidence? And then she'll put a tick in the box next to Prime Minister to take personal charge of immigration strategy. And anyway, this is that, right? This headline today which says army in training to deal with strike chaos. That's the express today. Army in training to do, uh, to deal with strike chaos. The army, the fucking army are in training 
to deal with the chaos that's expected through industrial action. That is what this story is telling us. And we know this stuff is, you know, just focus grouped nonsense because, you know, A, it's in the Express, which is just a, you know, fucking CCHQ pamphlet, really. Like, Mesa Hall is the political editor of the Express, and I've literally never seen him write anything critical of the government, like, not once. <laughs> like, like, not even in the same neighbourhood as scrutiny. Like, at the height of Partygate and Pincher, when even Tory MPs were breaking ranks and going, like, I don't know how I feel about hiring and promoting a sex pest. Like, you'd think that's quite an easy one to be like, I'm going to depart from the... Uh, from the top brass on this one, maybe? <laughs> you know, I want to bag Boris, but I've got three daughters and a wife and they're all telling me that this is fucking gross. Even at the height of Partygate and Pincher, Boris Johnson could have fucked and gutted Mesa Hall's wife and he'd still have been like, well, I'm sure brave, defiant Boris had his reasons. Like, you know, Boris Johnson could have done three lines of gack fucked Koonsberg on a live stream and burnt down a church and the Express would still be like is it possible he's too statesmanlike though like that is that is the Express for you anyway look the Express is not a serious newspaper right we know that it's it's a it's a propaganda pamphlet it's like a it's a you know it's an it's an internal newsletter for CCHQ like I don't know if you guys have worked in retail. Um, I used to work at Budgeons and then Sainsbury's. Um, but if you work at a place like this or, you know, WH Smith's, you go in the staff room and invariably there will be, you know, the marketing department's own fucking eight page pamphlet thing. You know, like it's like it's all amped up positive news about how great the shop is. And the new, the incoming Easter section deals that they're going to, they're, everyone's talking about them. And they'll talk about how strong their results were this quarter. And then there'll be an interview with the old bent that works on the deli, smiling about how she works 48 hours a week on arthritic legs for fuck all money, while the CEO gets a 15% increase on his 20 million pound bonus. But it'll all be presented like it's all positive news from inside the Sainsbury's family sort of thing, right? If you've worked in retail, you will know the sort of newsletter I'm talking about. Well, that is the Express. Anyway, look, that's their headline today. Army in training to deal with strike chaos. And if, if I was the army, right? If I was the army, I'd be a bit tired of it, to be honest. <laughs> you know, it's like every time there's a failure of government, it's like army brought into something, something, you know, every time they fuck up or there's like, you know, underfunding or they haven't planned for something or like, don't worry, guys, we're getting the army in to do this. <laughs> like, do you remember, remember when the logistics like lorry drivers shortage was kicking off? Do you know what the express headline was then? Yeah, it was army on standby as Britain's food supply crisis escalates. Or how about the fucking, the fuel petrol crisis? What do you think the Express's headline for that was? Army to deliver petrol to pumps. 
like, <laughs> like imagine imagine being a serving soldier or you know military strategist right a professional military figure medals on your jacket a decorated career and you know maybe you're looking forward to your next post bringing security to a foreign nation racked with authoritarianism and corruption or whatever and then the ministry of defense is like yeah fuck all that like we we actually need you to um to drive some nurses from folkestone to dundee <laughs> that's that's your job this way uh what yeah and um and could you find a way to stop people from looting petrol from that so in high wick i mean look we could i mean look we we could probably set up some sort of perimeter fence and like lookout towers around the petrol station. But it's, I mean, it's not really what the army is here for. Like we're supposed to be. I've, yeah, I, I know. I know you're fucking Rambo and you, you know, you want to be off in some god awful country somewhere shooting bad guys and installing democracy. I get that. I get it. But it's just it's just what like, we're you know, we're the army. We're not supposed to be fucking Deliveroo for BP. Yeah, it's but it's it's just that we need you to sort of be Deliveroo for BP for a bit. Like, wouldn't you be like, God, this is fucking ridiculous. What the fuck are we doing? And then they'd be like, yes, I, I know, I know. But try to make the best of it, dear chap, OK? And then wouldn't you be like, make like make the best of it? Like, I'm, I'm sorry, is there is there an upside to this? You know, like I'm I'm a trained military and security strategy commander. And you've got us driving petrol around for you like we're a fucking haulage firm. What exactly is the upside to that? How do we make the best of this? What is the upside? Well, I mean, it's, um, you know, here's the upside for you. Because of the food shortages next week, you're going to be Deliveroo for Deliveroo. Oh, fucking blinding. <laughs> what, what an indictment of the UK, isn't it? On the standing of the UK. On how far we've fallen. Like our, our decline. That we now appear habitually reliant on our own nation builders. <laughs> Just to run the fucking country. Like, like the army are there to help construct institutions in foreign countries and defend their freedoms, you know, and set up airports and food lines into this place. And, you know, they're there to get communications and transport set up, secure, running properly. And now the decline is so shit in Britain. We have to keep calling in our own army. Like, yeah, would you... um? Would you mind setting up an airport and then like a, you know, a bus station <laughs> over there? Is, there? is there any chance you could take some food up to checkpoint B stat? Like how long, how long before people in Afghanistan look at the TV screens at the collapse of the UK and get all humanitarian on, on, on us? Like, like we, we're going to have to move heaven and earth to get as many people out of Britain as we can. God, it's just so fucking grim. Army in training to deal with strike chaos, says the Express. 
It is quite funny, though. Like, you know, we have... That's what we like to do on this show. You know, it's dark and it's depressing. But you've got to find the doom lols. The, the gallows humour in this. If you didn't laugh, you'd cry, is the expression. Army in training to deal with strike chaos. Like, if you read that headline, right, you might like the imaginary lady in the focus group, right? You might feel reassured, right? Like, oh, cool. So the, like, the army's coming in to save the day, right? They're going to deal with the strike chaos. That's what you think, because that's what it says. They're going to deal with it. And then fucking four paragraphs in, right? It says, it says this. It says, Ministers braving for a wave of industrial action have trained up to 600 armed forces personnel and 700 staff from the government specialist surge and rapid response team. So 600 and 700. So you have 1,300 army personnel. 1,300. That's it to deal <laughs> with with the NHS, the teachers, the lecturers, the Royal Mail staff, the train workers, the tube staff, tens of thousands of people walking out and Zahawe and the Daily Express and everyone are like, it's all right, lads. <laughs> stand back, stand out. It's fine. It's all right. We've got, what is it? Like a, a pantomime theatre's worth of staff raring to go. <laughs> They're going to save the day. We've got 1,300 army people on standby to deal with how many fucking tens of thousands of nurses, teachers? Like, it's fucking ridiculous. I don't know, man. Like, maybe maybe I could take the same approach with my mortgage, you know? Just have a wildly insufficient figure to solve the problem. Like, maybe, you know, I just phone up the bank. Like, guys, guys, you know you said I need £2,000 a month? Right, but I know I seemed scared in that moment, but actually it's cool, right? You say two grand. I've got 300 <laughs> shiny pounds right here just raring to go, ready to deal with this. And it's like the way this thing is written is, you know, unsurprisingly quite pro-government, right? From the CCHQ newsletter. The way it's written, it's all, you know, it says strikes by public sector workers. And then it's other bits that are worded like, um, it's all Nadim Zahawi urged union leaders to call off the strike. You know, like he's being reasonable. He's trying to get them to be as reasonable as he is being by urging them to get back to work like that's the vibe of this piece it's very pro-government but then here's the other thing, right it's so it's pro-government and it's got quotes in there from zahawe uh from david davis former cabinet minister uh from the director of uk hospitality 
warning what transport strikes might do to small businesses. So that's supposed to make you think like, oh my goodness, how could they be so callous? How could they be so irresponsible in this economy? We're in recession and they're going to decimate, blah, 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 blah. It's got a quote from some other body that offered a 2% pay rise to train staff or something. It's got quotes galore from people who sit on the government side with this, right? But quotes from the unions? Mm, quotes from an exhausted, financially broken nurse? Uh, any, any charts that show the real terms payouts and how these people have gotten gradually poorer and poorer for 12 years or like how about how rent and mortgage rates have eaten into their living standards over the last decade is there any of that stuff any quotes anything supportive of the strike no, no absolutely fucking nothing but anyway it's like you know it's like i said it's a fucking sainsbury's newsletter <laughs> is what this thing is there is one more quote actually in there that I didn't have a chance to uh, to read before I, I uh, started recording. One more quote, and it comes from the Taxpayers Alliance. Woo! <laughs> the Taxpayers Alliance, guys. Wonderful. Great work, Daily Express. Even now, getting a quote from these jokers. I don't know, like, if you're listening to this, right, and you're not totally up to speed on all things, you know, politics and corruption and some of the shady entities that play a role in our parliamentary processes and shit, the Taxpayers Alliance, although it sounds like some sort of, you know, innocent group of economists who want value for money for your tax dollars sort of thing, right, it is actually a privately funded think tank based in the now infamous 55 Tufton Street offices in London. And they won't say who funds them. They are curiously HQ'd in the same offices as, as a slew of other campaigning lobby groups and think tanks, like each of whom also won't say who funds them all in this one Georgian house office thing. And they roundly support, like all of them, they roundly sort of support or broadly support what I would perceive as questionable, damaging policy, right? All of these entities that sit in the same 55 Tufton Street offices. So they promote things like climate science denialism. They were staunchly pro-Brexit. I think Leave.eu had a office based in this same thing or maybe it was vote leave um they promote fossil fuel lobby groups the former leader of ukip was based in there there's another think tank called uh civitas who appear to spend their time trying to lock us into like imported gas products rather than you know looking at our own green technology right so fossil fuely dark money won't say who funds them oh yeah the, the institute of economic affairs are also based in there the institute of economic affairs which also sounds like a government department doesn't it the institute of but yes is also actually a privately merkily funded outfit 
So anyway, look, you get the idea. So the Taxpayers Alliance are one of those nine entities who are based in that building. Or were. I don't know who's actually in there right now. I don't suppose anyone does. That's sort of the point. But the Taxpayers Alliance and the, you know, the Institute of Economic Affairs, it's their methodology, right? Their ideology of this sort of, you know, huge inequality, shrunken state, low tax dystopia, threadbare public services, like all of that. It is their ideology that Truss and Kwartang just horse-fucked us with. So I would say, I would go out on a limb, right, that by my perspective, the chaos that that mini-budget caused, I would say that a period of reflection might be in order for some of these guys. I'd probably say, like, maybe journalists like Steph Spiro at The Express, who's written this thing about the army and included the quote from some of these guys, I would say maybe you should think twice about whether you want to take intel from these people as anything more than a fucking joke about self-awareness, you know? Like, you? You want to comment on economics again? Really? Already? You don't feel like maybe a, a period on the naughty step just while I pack up the contents of my house? Might be an idea. But no, he, here they are with bashing symbols, a fucking veritable marching band of Bellendry storming onto the front page of the Express, Express expecting to be taken seriously. <laughs> like, we believe in a radical low tax economy. Then they try to implement it. Everything melts down. Pensions are about to collapse. The fucking pound crashes. Everyone's like, whoa, shit. Everybody hold on. And then a month later, yep, yep, no, we're, we're, we're back. And uh, here's what we think about this thing. Like, get the fuck out of here. No one needs to know your opinion, you fucking idiot. You spent your life promoting an economic ideology that, well implemented, rocked the foundations of the country to the point where we had to do an emergency casting change. You know, <laughs> it's like that movie that Kevin Spacey was in, right? And, and then he got questioned about fucking a kid. Do you remember when this happened? So the director was like, oh, shit. You know, we've just finished filming. We've wrapped. Spacey's scenes were all done. And he's like, shit. Now we've got to use CGI and a new actor to completely redo those whole sections of the film. Like, that is the level of fuckery that we're talking about here. This Tory ultra low tax stripped back public services doctrine is the Kevin Spacey of politics. <laughs> no, I don't do metaphors well. <laughs> I don't care. The Institute of Economic Affairs are basically paedophiles. What? No, 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 no. That's not all right. Aid? Okay, fine. They're not paedophiles. They might not have fucked kids. <laughs> which which is, I have to say, in this entire episode of me babbling and ranting at you about the imminent impending disaster that is my family's finances, in this whole episode, <laughs> that may have been my favourite bit. The line, the Institute of Economic Affairs might not be paedophiles, because it's like accepting... It's like accepting my original joke statement might not be accurate, right? But then, but then even that line by itself 
It's like I like the might in it. Like the IEA might not be paedophile. Like might. <laughs> but we're not sure. I haven't personally seen 100% proof that they're not. So they could be, guys. <laughs> let's let's keep this show open-minded. It is physically possible for the IEA to be raging fucking nonsburgers. They could be. They might not be. It is possible that they're not. <laughs> but it is it is within the realms of reality that they could anyway, look, this is a sort of um awkward uh legal area where i should probably wrap up um thank you so much for listening guys um really enjoying doing these solo episodes if you are enjoying them also don't be shy jump onto patreon uh it's patreon.com forward slash aid thompson with an i n on the end uh support starts at only like three pounds a month so it's super cheap uh you get access to all of the podcast episodes two days ahead of everyone else you get access to our discord chat it's a sort of vip instant messaging area i pop in there every day uh we talk shit about tories uh if you like a bit of piss takey banter and stupid memes then maybe that's of interest to you i'm going to post the link to the tickets for the live show that me super tansky and danny fucking price are doing on february the 10th that's going to go out to patreons first so if you want to get a ticket that's a really good way to uh to get in there first um i'm going to be back on wednesday this week for another solo show i'm trying to get as many out there as possible at the moment to try and because i've noticed if you do more shows maybe this is really all fucking obvious but if you do more shows and the people who subscribe to you listen to each one of them which they might not um, you go further up the podcast charts. So I thought I'll try and do three this week and I'll see I'll see what happens with that, which is kind of ridiculous because only like, only on Friday was I saying like, man, it's been a crazy week. Next week, I might not do any like solo shows. Or, like, I might just have some time. And now I'm like, I'm going to go fucking full pelt, fifth gear with this thing. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll see how the week, uh, turns out once again, thank you so much to everyone for continuing to support the podcast. It really does mean the world to me, especially the Patreons. I'll be back on Wednesday. I've got a guested show with Dapper Laughs pre-recorded, which will be out on Friday until next time. Take care of yourselves. Ciao.